the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 0111 Thank you, sir. Let's just dive right in. I'm Dave Congleton. Let's find out what's going on with the weather. Here he is, the one, the only, Mr. John Lindsay. John, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, David. Good afternoon, Craig. How are you guys all doing today? We're good. We're safe. We're drive. We're well. How are you, John Lindsay? Well, same here. I'm, I'm high and dry here in beautiful Baywood Park. All right. So let's uh, recap the three-day weekend. How did we do weather-wise, sir? Well, quite a bit of rain, of course. In fact, I like to, to say this is... Um, so far for the year, Rocky Butte is at 56 inches of rainfall, and normally, under a normal year, would be about 40 inches. So they're way, way above average. You know, they may wind up close to 200% above average. Uh, Paso Robles is uh, currently at 14 inches of rainfall at the airport. They usually get about 13 inches for the entire season. Uh, Santa Maria has had 11 inches of rainfall. They usually get about 13 inches for the season. So um, for this date, they're about 120% above normal. Santa Barbara, as you could imagine, has had uh, quite a bit of rainfall. They're at 20 inches in a normal year. They would be at 16 inches. So they're going to probably be about 150, 160% above average when everything is said and done. Cal Poly, interesting enough, is at 17 inches of rain so far this year, and normal for the rain season is 24. Um, so I suspect they'll probably get right at above uh, normal readings. As far as the reservoirs, you know, many many reservoirs such as Well Rock Reservoir and Lopez Lake and Santa Mar- Margarita are all at over 100 percent. They're spilling uh, as we speak. Uh, Lake San Antonio. Uh, way up in northern San Luis Obispo County, southern Monterey County is at 73% of capacity, which is, hasn't been that high in years. And right now, Lake Nanciamento is around 82% of capacity. I've noticed that they've reduced the amount of water um, being released. I think they're trying to fill it up somewhat. So hmm. maybe it will actually spill this year. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, these are tremendous numbers. Uh, you know, we were talking about, since this is a strong El Nino year, that we could actually see back-to-back above-average rainfall, and I, I think we are seeing that. In fact, the weather pattern is in a classic El Nino, uh, locked into an El Nino pattern, and unfortunately that's meant some really big swell events along our coastline. Most big swells usually come out of the northwest, so consequently places like Cayucas and Navala Beach, are protected from these big swells. Unfortunately, with an El Nino type of pattern, the storms tend to come more out of the southwest, and Avila Beach and you know, Cayucas are less protected from these big waves. And I noticed the Tribune had an uh, interesting article about a big chunk, uh, at least the, the stanchions, being washed out at the end of the Cayucas Pier. Um, and there's just, just so many large swell events of really really taking their toll on our piers that are usually sheltered from these big northwesterly waves. Right, the Tribune has the big article uh, with the Cayucas Pier now already being damaged. Yeah, yeah and it, it was just rebuilt, Dave, yeah. I mean, not more than a few years ago. So yeah. that's a, 
uh, it's kind of difficult to accept. But anyway, there, there you go. John, we have a question already coming in on the Stolberg uh, text line. Uh, listener wants to know, what about the Twitchell Reservoir? You know, let me take a look. I'm not really sure about that. That's down in Santa Barbara County. Um, so that may be a little bit more difficult to, to get uh, get a hold of. And um, it would take me a little bit to um, find out the total of, of that reservoir. Well, when you do, you can is. text it in. What I was going to ask about, John, is that, uh, yes, oh, the wait. rain. Oh. I just got it here. You got it's the answer? Twitchell Reservoir. Hopefully it will give us a... Uh, a percent of uh, capacity on on this guy here. Let me pop up here. Da, 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 da. Uh, it's five hundred and thirty-five feet, and uh, let's see reservoir level. So it is filling up. Um, it looks like they're releasing some water from it um, as we speak. So let me go here to the site and uh, see what what they've got right here. Now it's at six percent total capacity as we speak. Wow, that's not much. So it's, yeah, it's got, and that's it's more you know that's more of a flood control um, reservoir than any anything else. But mm-hmm. at least it's six percent. It is coming up. So, John, I, you were talking about the rain, but what I noticed this weekend, at least in my neighborhood, was the wind. Lots of wind. Oh my gosh! Uh, just tremendous amounts of of wind. Um, you know, we're we're in this pattern where we're seeing these cyclones, mid latitude cyclones rapidly intensify and become bomb cyclones it's 24 a drop of 24 millibars within 24 hours and with a big all area of high pressure out there towards the mid pacific it's setting up these very steep pressure gradients and uh, yeah i mean we're seeing wind gusts up towards 60 miles per hour um, the first the first storm in in this month of course we had wind gusts up to 79 miles per hour on the quest of the grade and then we had that one wind gust up in the Bay Area uh, on Point Reyes National Seashore that got up to 102 miles per hour. So incredibly strong winds, very long period, southwesterly swells, very powerful that are causing a tremendous amount of, of erosion along the coastline. You, you've probably seen stories and pictures of, of homes teetering, teetering on cliffs um, that as, as we speak. So, yeah, this is, um, you know, every time you look at back in 1983 at that El Nino, and, boy, there's a lot of similarities right now, Dave. Just checking in with John Lindsay. So given all this, John, more rain on the way, what's the rest of the week look like? Sure. So more rain on the way. We have a a cold front, um, a weaker cold front than what we're normally accustomed to here for most of February. And uh, we'll have seen showers. will start setting in uh, later on this afternoon, and those showers will turn to more steady rain late tonight into early tomorrow morning as a cold front uh, moves through San Luis Obispo County. Now, good news is the winds won't be all that strong. We're expecting moderate to fresh, 13 to 24 mile per hour southerly winds uh, late tonight into Wednesday morning. And so often is the case that after a cold front passes, uh, we'll have uh, a fresh to strong 19 to 31 mile per hour post frontal northwesterly winds on Wednesday afternoon, and then we'll be in a dry pattern on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe even going into Sunday, and we'll have those moderate to fresh Santa Lucia northeasterly winds uh, during the morning hours. And that will keep the marine layer at bay. In fact, it will force it off off the coastline. 
and those winds will decrease and shift out of the northwest during the afternoon hours. Uh, temperatures will be really mild. Uh, overnight lows uh, will be in the uh, mid-40s with daytime highs in the upper 60s on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Then another storm will approach the central coast beginning on Sunday with gentle to moderate southerly winds, and we're expecting the associated cold front from this system to pass over our area on Monday with uh, rain and gusty southerly winds. I should also say that the um, cold front that's be passing over our area tonight into Wednesday morning will have a lot of cold and unstable air associated with it, and so there's a pretty good chance maybe hearing the clap of thunder, maybe some thunderstorms. Also, snow levels have been above 8,000 feet. These systems have been very mild, um, actually warm, um, so to speak. Uh, snow levels will finally get down about 6,000 feet with the frontal passage on Wednesday morning. Boy, uh, in some ways, this is my favorite time of year because we're getting all the rain. It looks like more rain on the way. and We're going to have a nice wet season, and that should lead to a lovely spring, John Lindsay. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to go out to the Carrizo Plains here next month. And, you know, fingers crossed that we'll have a, another super bloom uh, like we had last year, which was spectacular. So I think everybody's kind of waiting for that to happen. We always appreciate your time, John. Uh, final thoughts, please. No, I, I think uh, this is, I know there's been a lot of damage, especially in Southern California, unfortunately. But, you know, to look at the positive side, it's it's so wonderful to actually have back-to-back above-average rainfall and Boy, the lakes and reservoirs could really use this. So I think that's the wonderful news. And as always, Dave and, and Craig, thank you for being there. Um, it's, I get so many comments and calls and uh, saying how, how important your job is to keep everybody informed. So thank you for doing that, that's, David. That's your job, John. We merely provide you the platform. We appreciate all that you do. Stay safe, stay dry, and we'll see you soon. All right, Dave. Bye-bye. John Lindsay checking in. There'll be days like this When there's no one complaining There'll be days like this Everything falls into place Like the flick of a switch Well, my mama told me There'll be days like this Just about 3.17 on the Central Coast. It is Tuesday. I know it feels like Monday, but really it's a Tuesday. For many of us, February 20th, 2024, I'm Dave Congleton, welcoming you to another edition of Hometown Radio. Uh, Craig and I are with you all the way till 7 o'clock on this broadcast today. Seems like there was an interesting meeting of the Grover Beach City Council last night. Even though it was a holiday, they still met. Uh, Debbie Peterson will give us an update. During the 4 o'clock hour, David Weissman and John Giesman from the Alliance for Nuclear Responsibility We'll preview the big Diablo Canyon Safety Committee meeting that is taking place tomorrow and Thursday. What's it all about? What do we need to know? Tom Folks joins us during the 5 o'clock hour, wearing his hat as the chair of the County Democratic Party. We'll talk local politics. We'll talk national politics. We'll cover whatever you want to talk about. And then during the 6 o'clock hour, we're going to remind you of the big presentation happening tonight with Slow Speaks. 
And we'll also talk about the new show being staged by our friends at By the Sea Productions. It is a Dave Congleton show. Always your hometown radio talk show. Stick around. We will continue right after this. It is a Dave Congleton show. Always your hometown radio talk show. Look who's over there. I see the one, the only Mr. Craig Hill. Craig, how are you? I'm doing good. How was your weekend? It was great. What do you do? F- what do you do when you have a third day? When you have a three day weekend? Well, we uh, went to the snow. We went up to uh, oh, that's right. Shaver yeah. Lake. Yeah, and uh, took the kids. My two kids uh, had fun. They did uh, what do you call it? Uh, snowboarding and hiking in the snow and whatnot. And we have uh, two other kids that uh, we have right now, and uh, they had never seen snow. So we really? decided, you know, we wow. actually wanted to do it last year. The problem was it snowed too much. So we couldn't go to the snow. How did uh, re- how how did they react to being in snow? Loved it. This when we were driving up the road on 168, the second they could see the uh, just that you know the junky snow off to the side, the dirty snow on the side of the road, they were just glued to the window of the car and wanted to pull over as soon as possible to touch it. Was it cold? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it was like low so-so's in the winter. It wasn't bad, but it was seven. You know, I think where we were at was about five thousand feet elevation. Then we went up all the way to seven thousand feet where it was really snowy. But the, as soon as we pulled over, they jumped out and beelined it straight to the nearest pile of snow and just started chucking it at each other. How long to Shaver Lake? Uh, about three and a half hours. That's not bad. And then we, that's where we stayed. We actually got a cabin in Shaver Lake and it had snow all around it. Very picturesque, small little cabin. Very, very amazing. And uh, then we went all the way up for the snow park. We went to uh, Huntington Lake, which was about 25 minutes away from there. I haven't been there. And it's just, Phil, I mean, it's directly across from China Peak where we were at. So while we were sitting at the snow park, I pointed across saying, oh, you know, that, that's China Peak. You know, that's where they really ski. But uh, the kids had a great time, especially the two uh, boys that had never seen snow before. You know, they would talk about what they thought it would be. And, you know, it, it was a lot fluffier than they thought it was would be. And they were eating it and obviously the clean snow. That's uh, <laughs> hope. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, they were very uh, interested in trying all the different snow sports and snow stuff. And it was the the snow part was amazing. And then when we got back to the cabin, we were all exhausted, but we I had pre-made dinner. So we were able to eat. And then I was like ready to sack out at 730, my wife at 8 o'clock. But the absolute best part of the weekend, we were up there ready to go to sleep. And we could hear the kids downstairs. They started playing Uno without really? us. Telling them to, they turned off. There was no TV, no phones, no music, no nothing. And they just sat there in the middle of the floor playing Uno with each other and just having fun. And they must have played uh, Uno in another uh, board game probably about three or four hours. I believe and that's a sign of the apocalypse. That was absolutely playing the, Uno. the oh, best Lord. part of the, of the uh, trip was them doing that. And so... It had a great time. It was exhausting, but it was great. You hear the excitement in Craig's voice. You know why he's so excited? You know why he's so excited? Well, it turns out one of his all-time favorite shows is That 70s Show. I love, there is no bigger fan of That 70s Show than me. Now, do you like that more than All in the Family? Uh, see, I th- I put them in the top three uh, of my, f- my favorite shows of all time, the top three. Uh, I think the most ingenious show is All in the Family and M.A.S.H., but I think the one that hits the most personal 
would be uh, that '70s show because it's very similar to my parents, and, uh, the parents on that show. And what do we have in the news today? Danny Masterson is now he could be listening right now. He could, and I'm a huge that '70s show fan. Like I said. You, you can't get bigger than me. We yeah. should uh, remind folks of the circumstances. Mr. Masterson yes. was uh, convicted. Un- yeah, convicted. Very unfortunate. Uh, uh, multiple rapes. Yeah, what he's accused of, too, he, back he, in 2003. Well, he was found guilty. Yeah. He was more than accused. He was found guilty. Well, that's what the accusation was and found guilty of. And he went to Corcoran, which is amazing because that's like a maximum security that, prison. That really, I thought, was odd. And so now yeah. they're bringing him. He arrived at CMC. And we welcome him to our listening audience. I was telling you when we were talking on our pre-production meeting, uh, back in the 90s when we were on the mornings, we had a lot of, uh, we had a captive audience, shall we say. Yeah. And we, that, we had a lot of the inmates were listening to this show. In fact, that's referenced in an episode of That 70s Show when Donna was a DJ and she thought she had all these fans. And then it turned out that it was the uh, local prisoners who were listening in. <laughs> so we welcome Mr. Masterson to cmc so as um timothy leary was there uh marlon brando's son was there tex watson did time at cmc there's a like a who's who there yeah uh last point with craig i've got bees on my mind i think craig is still recovering from the fact that i told him i watched the beekeeper last night and i loved it yeah that that's a bit surprising I mean, I, I've heard great reviews. It's a great movie. But I just don't imagine you... Oh, I love those. I love the Denzel Washington Equalizer, the 1990s Steven Seagal. Well, hold on. Jason Statham. I, almost, I just almost had a stroke just now for you saying 1990s Steven Seagal, you liked those movies. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I loved them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking you. Why? You don't know me. I don't think that... I, I don't... I just can't see you enjoying those revenge Craig movies. thinks he knows me. He doesn't know me. But I don't see you liking the revenge action movies. I love those movies. And I love The Beekeeper. Just... And it's got Jer- Jeremy Irons. Okay. How could you go wrong well, with that's, that? That's the formula, is you have... Uh, Jason Statham, who talks like this. Yeah. You got him, and then you need a legit actor. So yeah. you're like, okay, who can we get? Okay, we'll get Jeremy Irons. Yeah. you know... The guy who was in uh, Die Hard uh, died, so we got to get somebody else. We get Jeremy Irons. Well, but Jeremy Irons was the bad guy in Die Hard Two or yeah. Die Hard Three, one of those. Uh, three, yeah, three. The one in New York. Yeah, but you get a legit actor to you know bring some gravitas to the movie. Doesn't need it. But we then you Jason got Statham. and then you get a star like Jason Statham, and there you got a movie. And it's a great movie. Also, speaking of uh, bees, a shout out to our friends at Slow Rep. Kathy and I on Saturday afternoon went down. We got the last two tickets to the Saturday matinee of uh, Beehive. What a show. Six women, very, very talented women, with a live band uh, doing uh, great songs from the 1960s. You know every song, and they have such enthusiasm. and It was really well done. Uh, the tickets are selling out for this pretty fast. It's going to be next weekend and the weekend after. And so if you enjoy the music of the 1960s, I, I'm sitting there the whole time just thinking how much King Harris would have enjoyed this. Just, they really did a nice job. I want to give a shout out to the parking attendant in the parking structure because I'm listening to the mayor and the city manager. And we parked in the parking structure. And of course, one of the machines wasn't working. 
And there was a long line on the other one, but the parking attendant came and she sped up the process and she got us in on time. It was very appreciative. So if you got bees on your mind, you can't go wrong with either Beehive, the musical, a slow rep, or the movie, The Beekeeper, says critic Dave. Off we go. We've got California headline news and ABC radio news. Craig updates us with time saver traffic and weather together. Then let's check in with Debbie Peterson. What is going on in Grover Beach? That could be a movie. Hmm. We're live, we're local, we're buzzing on KVEC. Thanks for joining us on Hometown Radio. I'm Dave Congleton. Tomorrow, the mayor of Atascadero, Heather Moreno, will like to be, would like to be county supervisor. We'll let her make her case. She's running in the March 5th election. On a Thursday, Eric Gorham checks in, talking about the Republican Party locally. On Friday, Dr. James Armstead marks two years since the invasion of Ukraine. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your Hometown Radio talk show. There was a big city council meeting in uh, Grover Beach last night. Although a lot of people are scratching their heads. One of them joins us now, the former mayor turned government watchdog and author, Debbie Peterson. Debbie, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. And I I should correct that. It's actually a Central Coast Blue uh, meeting that was last night. But there were 13 people from Grover Beach scratching their heads and three former mayors saying, what? We've never seen anything like this before. Why are they having a special meeting on a public holiday when city... City Hall is closed. Thank you for correcting me. So let's set the scene. What happened? What was the purpose of the meeting? Well, the stated purpose was to have a closed session to discuss hiring a public employee who is um, the firm that will be representing Central Coast Blue as their attorney. But we were told before the meeting that it wouldn't be recorded, you couldn't call in, you couldn't come on Zoom, because they weren't going to take any action. Which is interesting. <laughs> but is it is that is that valid? You're a former mayor. Uh, well, I don't think it's valid, and I believe that what they were discussing, and it was confirmed in emails to others, was the fact that the attorney they wished to hire had worked for Oceano for eleven years, had resigned um, last year in October, I believe. And um, and now wants to work for Central Coast Blue, but in order to do so, they need a waiver from Oceano, a waiver of the conflict of interest. And Oceano's interim attorney is advising their board, no, 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 don't give them a waiver because there is a conflict of interest. It's not in your best interest to give them a waiver. So I think although they have apparently been hired, although we keep hearing from the closed sessions that there is no action taken, um, it appears that there is now a problem because they need to figure out what they're going to do about the fact that Oceano won't waive the conflict of interest. This is such a mess, Debbie Peterson. How did it get to be like this? Uh, I think, I, honestly, I think it's because 
uh, we don't pay enough attention. And over the years, people get in elected to offices where they either don't pay attention or they don't know what's going on or they do what they're told to do, but they don't represent us and we don't insist that they do. But the, the really bizarre thing, Dave, is right now there's this kind of incestuous merry-go-round in musical chairs that's taking place in the five cities in the last six months. Oceano, Pismo, Arroyo Grande general managers have resigned. Grover city attorney and finance director have retired. Grover's public works director just isn't there anymore. No one knows what happened. A Pismo planner is now the city manager of Arroyo Grande. A former Arroyo Grande planner is now the chief executive of Central Coast Blue. Oceano's attorney resigned and now wants to go to Central Coast Blue. And Central Coast Blue's attorney resigned and went to Grover. And it's rumored that Grover city manager has applied for a job as the CEO of Slow County. So that's like 11 different people doing this musical chairs thing, which statistically in six months in communities this size is a huge outlier could you repeat that please just kidding (laughs) so what's happening how do you read it you're pretty sharp how do i read it i read it that that um you know, they're, the, the attorneys are sharpening their pencils and figuring out what they're going to do about this, um, that the decision has already been made. There was a um, a memo that uh, Julie Tacker found saying back in December that uh, Adamski-Morowski had been chosen. There was an agreement for Adamski-Morowski at the February 5th meeting, but it was taken off the agenda. And um, so I think that they have... Uh, appointed or wish to appoint Adamski and Morosky. I really would like to know who's advising them now because there's no attorney of record. Um, but all of this has been done in closed session. There have been, we haven't been able to see the requests for proposals. It hadn't been approved in public meeting. We haven't, haven't seen any of the applications from, I believe, eight firms that wanted, uh, that wanted that job. And so the public hasn't had a chance to, to help their elected representatives figure out who's best for the job. Is it, and we have no idea who's there right now. Is it typical in a situation like this, Debbie, for so much to be done in private session? A typical, perhaps, I believe legal, no. Um, you cannot appoint someone and keep saying month after month after month, action after action, or apparent action after action after action, that no action was taken. And um, and so I... I I think they they have, I believe, broken the Brown Act. And and if they're just if what they wanted to talk about last night was, well, what are we going to do about this situation with the um, conflict of interest waiver? That's a conversation that really could have been had in public, and I believe should have been had in public. Let us know what's going on. Hmm. Uh, Debbie Peterson on this broadcast. Let's remind folks of the recall movement that's underway. Well, that's another interesting one. By 4.55 tonight, because they always wait until five minutes before the deadline. I won't say always. Last time they waited until five minutes before the deadline. We will find out whether the city has approved our recall petitions. We had submitted them two weeks ago um, after they had been um, rejected, even though they had 
they were the same petitions that the city of Slow, the county of Slow, and the city of Morro Bay had approved for recalls. Grover didn't like them, so we made all the changes, and now we're waiting. And I'm hoping by 4.55 today we'll know whether or not the city clerk is going to approve our recall petition so that we can get that underway. So, assuming that that is approved, what would be the next step? The next step would be that we would get them printed out and we would have petition parties in the parks and and have people come sign those. We need um, to do the initiative, which actually we could start with. Uh, That's all ready to go. But uh, to do an initiative to repeal the water rate increase, that uh, only needs, well, it's under 500 signatures. We're still discussing that with the city clerk. And to repeal council member rushing, again, 500 or fewer, and to, did I say appeal, to recall council member rushing, to recall council member Bright and council member Zimmerman, we would require 2,000 signatures. But that's one of the problems with Zimmerman is that he, uh, once you uh, get enough people signing initial petitions that that the government's convinced that you have a legitimate um recall a number of people to recall once you get those signatures which we submitted quite some time ago um the people being recalled have a chance to respond and zimmerman responded but he didn't sign the response he filed and the law says it has to be signed so the city clerk let him sign it the next day but that was a day late it was after the deadline and the law says it has to be in at a certain time. It has to be signed, and he failed on one or both counts. And of course, when we had the 218 petition um, program for the people of the city, the 2,000 people who wrote in and said, "No, don't do the rate increase," if they were late, it wasn't included. If they were signed, it wasn't counted. So we don't think that we can put his response on our petitions, but the city clerk wants us to. So we may have a dilemma of a city clerk asking us to do something that we believe to be illegal. This is starting to remind me of Pismo Beach in the 1990s. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but... uh, Oh, you're going to have... Go ahead. Yeah, let me follow up on that. I mean, read the mood in, in Grover Beach. This must be dividing people. You know, it... It's not, um, it, that's very interesting. What I am absolutely loving about it is that it is uniting people. For the first time since I've been living in Grover Beach, which is 30 years now, people are actually getting together and really taking some action. And it's, it's heartwarming because they're getting to know their neighbors. And, um, it, it's, it is actually uniting people. But, but, but the stress, the tension is going to continue and probably be even more divisive. So then the question becomes, Debbie, can you hold that positive attitude? Yes, yes, because what's so wonderful about it is that people are just really excited to meet their neighbors and realize what wonderful people there are in Grover Beach. And most of the folks who live here love living here, want to stay living here, and that's why they're willing to stand up now and say, no, we can't pay these huge rates for this big project, uh, the Central Coast Blue Project, which will double our water rates in the next, well, within four years, and more and more. Uh, they'll need more and more money, I'm sure. So, I, yes, of course we can hold a positive attitude. In fact, I expect it to get more positive. And which isn't to say that the people being recalled aren't quite um, 
aggressive and uh, don't have their followers. But uh, for the most part, the people of Grover Beach are together on this. All right, we're getting the very latest about what's happening not happening down in Grover Beach from former Mayor Debbie Peterson. We'll pick up that conversation as we continue on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk KVEC. All right, after news at the top there, we will preview this week's uh, big meeting involving the Diablo Canyon Safety Committee. Uh, We are back with Debbie Peterson, former mayor of Grover Beach, getting the very latest out of Grover. If you want in on the conversation, we would need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Meanwhile, Debbie, for folks just tuning in, let's give them a brief reminder of what happened last night in Grover. Last night, and in fact, I'm sorry, we keep talking Grover because those are the ones who are really uh, concerned about this. Um, last night, Central Coast Blue met in the um, Arroyo Grande City Hall, city chambers, and uh, and they, they, they cycle around whether they're going to meet in Pismo, AG, or Grover. And last night it was AG. And um, they said they weren't going to take any reported action. They did not allow, uh, they did not have call-ins. They did not have Zoom. The meeting was not recorded. Um, they told us they weren't taking any action, and then they reported out they'd taken no action uh, uh, regarding who their attorney would be. So they've been apparently without an attorney since the end of December. They've got this complicated decision to make what to do about the fact that the attorney they want to choose supposedly. Uh, they've reported they've taken no action, but the attorney that claims they've been appointed um, can't get a conflict of interest waiver from Oceano Community Services District. Let's, so now what do they do? Let's do this. Let's take a call. We've got Phil and Grover. Hey, Phil. Hey, Phil. Uh, this is Phil and Grover. I have a question. Even though Zimmer didn't, did not sign the, his document, and that's a violation um, is that sort of a minor violation that we can move forward with the recall? Fair question. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's a good question. It, it does not impact the recall at all. Uh, we can still recall him. The question is, um, are we going to put his response on the petitions? And according, the law is he sh- you shall sign the copy that's submitted to the city clerk, right. and it shall be in by such and such a date. So it's it, it's you know it's not the end of the world, except that it doesn't it didn't qualify. So Phil, Phil, okay. I have a second question. All right, go ahead. Uh, it only takes five hundred to recall uh, rushing. Yes, and the re- and that's a very good question. The reason is because rushing ran in District 2. We're in the process of switching over from people who run citywide to uh, four different districts in Grover Beach, and he did, his district was one of the earlier switchovers, whereas the other two, and so the signatures can only come from his district of about 2,000 people, and you need 25% of those to get it on the recall ballot. Thank you very much. All right, Phil. Thanks for calling. 805-543-8830. 800-549-5832 for Debbie Peterson on Hometown Radio. Help those of us who don't live in South County understand why aren't the people in Aurora Grande upset about Central Coast Blue? Why aren't people in Pismo Beach upset? Why is it so much Grover? 
Well, two reasons. One is that Grover's water bills are going to uh, are increasing 19% every year until within four years they're doubled. And we can't afford, most folks can't afford to pay that much when everything else is also going up. And uh, there's really not a lot of con- confidence. There hasn't been much transparency in the Central Coast Blue Project for which those rates are being increased. Um, the other reason is that the Central Coast Blue project has moved out of the railroad right-of-way last June, we found out it was going to be in the streets of Grover Beach. So we have 18 wells being drilled in our streets, many of which we've paid ourselves to repair, and um, as well as a wastewater treatment plant and um, uh, some pipelines. And none of that has been discussed with the people of Grover Beach. They say they've had a load of meetings, they have, but nobody's asked us how we feel about having it all drilled into our streets. And what was the justification for the change in strategy in terms of moving? Well, they, they claim that it is um, a better loc- they're better locations, and, um, but it, this is all based on models. They haven't really done any testing of any of these locations. They haven't, you know, punched any holes and checked anything out. Um, it's all based on some models that they've created. When are, when are the next uh, Grover Beach City Council members up for re-election? Uh, the mayor and council member Zimmerman are up for election in November, uh, well, December, what is it, November 5th, 2024, soon. Um, council member Rushing uh, is not up for a re-election until 2026. And um, uh, uh, council member Zimmerman isn't up actually for re-election because he was appointed. So, and I believe, no, not yet. I'm trying to think if I'm not sure if um, Council Member uh, Wyrick is up for. Yes, he does have to run also in November because he was also appointed. So we have at least two appointed council members that have to run in November and the mayor. Aren't most of the council members currently in Grover Beach appointed? Well, the mayor was the mayor was appointed at one point to the council, but she did run for mayor and and won that seat in twenty 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 two, and um, yes, council member rushing at one point was appointed, but I believe he won an election in twenty twenty two. So at least two, I'm sure. Uh, council member Wyrick and council member Zimmerman were appointed recently in the I believe in the last. 12, 18 months. I guess this is a long way around of asking whether or not you're going to put together a slate of candidates to run. Yes. Yeah. There are a number of really good people out there um, that I believe that we can, uh, that could do a better job than the folks who are there now. And does that include Debbie Peterson? Do you want to make an announcement while you're on the radio? I have no interest. I do not wish to be the mayor, and if and I, that would be what I would run for. Um, we have a, we have at least two people that I'm aware of who I think would be excellent mayors, and I think it's time to get some new folks in there. I don't I don't want to uh, I don't want to do over. Yeah. I have to say, Debbie, listening to you, I'm I was not aware of the the, the musical chairs as you called it among staff in South County. It's pretty dramatic the way you sketch that out. It's scary. It's scary. You just, 
And, you know, in and of itself, it may be nothing. But there are so many things that right now seem so intransparent that this raises people's concerns. Uh, One of the other things I think we uh, alluded to it a little earlier is that the water bills have started coming out for people in North Grover. And the decision to increase the water rates was made on December 11th was supposed to become effective February 1st, but these bills that have just come out for North Grover are saying are charging from December 8th, three days before the decision was even agreed by the council. Um, and uh, so those new rates went into effect for people in North Grover before they were even approved. And uh, so I think once folks get their water bills, they're going to be pretty upset about that. The the uh, paper bills haven't come out yet, the mailed bills, but the electronic bills have, and people have started looking at that. And this isn't the first time Grover's done this. Every time since 21, when they've done an increase, they've actually activated it at least a month early. Sounds and it amounts to thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. Sounds to me like we're going to be talking a lot about South County the next few months. So as we start to wrap things up, Debbie, what's the best call to action? What do you want people in South County to pay attention to? I want them to pay attention to what their elected officials are doing and to elect people who are incorruptible and uh, who understand that their job, and, and the same with attorneys, who understand that their job is to represent the people who elected them, to look after the best interests of their community and to listen to them and to be transparent. And, I want folks to get involved. Yeah, and what's the next step in terms of the Blue Project? What are you looking for there next? Go to the meetings. Um, apparently, the next meeting is going to be, well, we've been told both March 4th and 5th, and then there'll be another one after that on March 18th. So uh, go to centralcoastblue.com, find out when the meetings are going to be, and show up and ask questions. Now, are these going to be real meetings, or are these going to be private session meetings? I don't know. Uh, they'll have some real content, I'm sure, but I believe some of them are still going to be dealing with the attorney. I know the, those next two will be dealing with the attorney, probably in closed session again. Um, and uh, But there will be other items on the agenda, and there will be opportunities to ask questions of, of the three mayors who sit on that board. Right, fair enough. Debbie, we appreciate you taking the time to check in and update us. Final thoughts, please. Final thoughts, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Show up, show up, show up, speak up, um, act up, do what you need to do, but make sure that you're electing honest people and that they're listening to you. And if they're not, find someone who will. And last question, remind us, you've got three books out now, four? How do people get your books? I've got five. five. I've got five. The Happiest Corruption tells the story of the corruption I found as mayor. And uh, then I have City Council 101 for folks who want to uh, get on the public board. I have, uh, and then one that's just coming out, I'm just working on the paper book, back book now, is um, Local Impact, You Can Make a Difference. And I just put out uh, um, Leadership Secrets of Taylor Swift is now available in paperback as well. I can't keep up with you. I turn around, you got a new book I know. out. Uh, it's so much fun. What's your website, Debbie? Uh, DebbiePeterson.com. Yeah. D-E-B-B-I-E. D-E-P-E-R-S-O-N. Thanks for the conversation. We'll talk again. Appreciate it very much. I'm Dave Congleton. Before we wrap up the hour, let me give a shout-out to our friends at Peak Wi-Fi. Peak Wi-Fi provides reliable wireless internet here on the Central Coast. They have highly trained technicians who provide local services and support Go to peakwifi.com for the current plans and pricing. 
They specialize in rural areas and can provide a complimentary service check of your property. Go to peakwifi.com for more information. Remember, no hidden fees, no added taxes, no contracts, just great service. I can say that because I've been a customer for seven years. Peakwifi.com. Off we go. We've got ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with time saver traffic and weather together. Then let's put the focus on the Diablo Canyon Safety Committee. They're meeting on the 21st and 22nd. What's going on here? We will find out. Tom Folks after that. We are busy. We are Hometown Radio. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Wazy. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.